This is the podcast for the journal Genetics and Medicine, published by The Nature Publishing Group. It's the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. I'm Cynthia Graber. While next-generation sequencing is already starting to improve both the diagnosis and treatment of disease, not all populations have equal access to such sequencing. And as two recent papers in the journal Genetics and Medicine address, this is both a problem for underserved populations and for science. Allison Curian is an associate professor at Stanford University and director of the Women's Clinical Cancer Genetics Program at Stanford, and she's co-author of one of the studies. They conducted a study over two years at their clinic to determine the rates at which patients receive variants of uncertain significance, or VUS. Of the nearly 1,500 patients, about half were non-Hispanic white, 19% were Asian, 14% were Hispanic. There was only a small percentage of African American and Native American participants, likely related to the demographics of the catchment area. And they found that there was a great disparity in which population received VUS, or uncertain results, in their genetic sequence. We found that the rate of having one of these uncertain results was substantially higher if you were Asian in particular, uh, than if you were white, also for Hispanics, but primarily really for Asians, it was more notable. So for example, for whites, we have a figure in the paper where we show that the chance of having in a pie chart, the chance of having one of these uncertain results was 27%. And for Asians, it was 42%. And for Hispanics, the chance was 31%. So both Asians and Hispanics were more likely to receive uncertain results than non-Hispanic whites, Asians dramatically more so. This could have an impact on the patients, because some doctors and or patients might inappropriately see these uncertain variants as harmful and might suggest unnecessary preventative treatment, even surgeries. So since we see such a racial difference in who is getting these frustrating results and potentially results that could be misinterpreted in a way that could cause unnecessary care, that really becomes a problem in terms of disparity of care. This problem, says Dr. Kurian, is a social one, not a biological one. I think what we're finding here is not so much biological as sort of a social problem in terms of how these things are defined and who's been tested and whose sequence counts as normal. That is to say, because more research has been conducted on non-Hispanic whites, that has become the de facto normal sequence. And the more accessible genetic sequencing is to people of all racial and ethnic backgrounds, the clearer and broader the idea will be of what is normal, benefiting science as a whole, as well as the individuals being tested. Expanding genetic sequencing to the Amish population served by the Clinic for Special Children in Strasburg, Pennsylvania, will also help both that particular underserved population as well as advance science, says Kevin Strauss, medical director and co-author of a second genetics and medicine paper. Their team studied 79 patients who came to the clinic for diagnosis between 1998 and 2015 who went on to advanced genetic sequencing. They were also able to evaluate the patient's family members. And of those we had a diagnostic rate of approximately uh, 55%, 56% uh, for molecular diagnosis, including five new disorders and 17 disorders that um, will be population-specific, meaning that it gives us new predictive power um, to pick up newborns before they become symptomatic. Identifying genetic disorders in underserved populations can have a direct impact on patient care. I saw a child who had very bad scoliosis and uh, very bad, very bad back disease at a young age. Turns out that she had seen three different orthopedic doctors for her back problem. We did exome sequencing and found that she did have two mutations, one in a gene that caused some scoliosis, but the other was a 
motor neuropathy, a, a form of what's called Charcot-Marie Tooth, that causes also severe scoliosis. So she had two different genetic disorders, both of which cause scoliosis. And everybody who had seen her missed her motor neuropathy completely. These approaches have been demonstrated to be cost-effective as well. When you use a technology, use technologies like this in a population that's underserved, the technology can be used to really drive down healthcare costs and improve outcomes in very powerful ways if you use it in a directed sense. And what I mean by that is if we're using these technologies to identify or unroof genetic disease risk that then allows us to predict future events and prevent them, prevent the child from being in a wheelchair, prevent the child from being deaf, prevent the child from going to liver failure, heart failure. It is not only better health outcomes, but it is a huge cost savings. You know, to keep a child out of a wheelchair saves a community about $2 million over a lifetime per child. We've been able to do that for over 200 children. Both authors say their papers demonstrate the importance of expanding the populations that can access advanced genetic sequencing. Genetics and Medicine is the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics and is published by The Nature Publishing Group. I'm Cynthia Graber.